You're listening to 23 Jungle Tales on the Sports Objective. Between now and opening day, we will talk to 23 former Pirate baseball players about their path to East Carolina, their time in the purple and gold, and what they're up to now. Now let's talk Pirate baseball. Welcome in to 23 Jungle Tales right here on the Sports Objective brought to you by pgxgloves.com. And we'll get with our latest member of that uh, fraternity, if you will, for 23 Jungle Tales. And that's Reed Love. We'll talk to him. Of course, playing for the Pirates in 2014 and 15. We'll get to him in just a second. But Bubba, very excited to have once again pgxgloves.com. And I want to thank Mark Menikazi again. Appreciate him very much for all that he's done for the show. Uh, and for 23 Jungle Tales at Hey Bubba, pgxgloves.com, you can get everything, right? Yeah, pgxgloves.com does a tremendous job. Um, you know, you mentioned Mark Minikazi. Cods played for the Pirates back 2003 to 2005, was a terrific third baseman. Um, but one of the things during his career, he said a lot of times in his uh, pro ball um, time that he was not satisfied with his batting gloves. So um, once he hung up the cleat, so to speak, um, he developed his own batting glove line. Um, he has customized batting gloves, um, personalizations as well, and then also the the baseball gloves themselves. And then um, in addition to that, uh, football, golf gloves, swag, um, pgxgloves.com. Check it out. He also has a pirate collection and uh, tre- tremendous-looking apparel, and um, he's, he's adding to it uh, constantly. And I know here uh, recently added a Welcome to the Jungle t-shirt. Yes, he did. Very proud to have him as our sponsor for 23 Jungle Tales. And being a former Pirate, Pirate supporting Pirates. And uh, speaking of former Pirates, Bubba, we're very excited to have our next guest. Yeah, this next guy pitched for the Pirates in 2014 and 2015. He is a two-way player in 2015. Welcome into the show, Reed Love. Sorry, y'all are cutting out, right? Welcome into the show, Reed. How are you? I'm good. How are you all? Thanks for having me. No doubt. And uh, in fact, uh, we want to have a T-shirt that says two-way you because we've had so many great two-way players. You're a perfect example. And uh, maybe Kaz, Kaz, if you're listening, he he watches and listens to uh, 23 Jungle Tales in our podcast. Maybe we can get him to make a two-way you T-shirt. Yeah, that would be, be pretty cool. <laughs> uh, let's talk about your – I know you started out uh, – you were in the – Juco ranks, and then you came to East Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. I was at uh, St. Uh, John's River State College right there in Palaka, Florida. Uh, went there. wasn't too far from home, so went there for two years. My, act- my head baseball coach in high school got the pitching coach job there, so which kind of, you know, made it an easy transition to go there and play there for two years. And then my roommate – had a offer from East Carolina, went up there, and luckily I was pitching when came to see him, and I was able to get a look from East Carolina at that time. Went up there on a visit and fell in love with the place right away. Was that for Billy Godwin or Coach Cliff Godwin? Billy. Billy, that's right, because he would have come in. Yeah, that's right. Something like that. Yeah, very uh, very great guy. In fact, we had him on our Division One preview 
uh, for the state of North Carolina. As you know, he's at UNCG now. Yeah. yeah uh, Bubba did a great job with that one. He's over there with Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Hunter Allen, like you said, his own staff. And, uh, and they were off to a tremendous start last year before things got shut down. So hopefully yeah. those guys will um, have a lot of success this year. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I hope they do well. But just talk about you said you fell in love with East Carolina. Um, obviously, the program had had a lot of success down through the years, so many regional appearances. Um, at that point, I guess what had been to uh, three super regionals in 01, 04, and 09. Uh, so just talk about getting on campus and seeing Clark LeClaire Stadium as it was back then. It was just going from a small town, small high school, not getting a whole lot of fans, and then uh, – going to a junior college where you don't pull a whole lot of fans. And then seeing Clark LeClaire, I thought it was huge. And it is. It's a bigger stadium. But then uh, Billy telling me, you know, the draw that they get and that East Carolina gets a lot of fans and they're passionate fans. And and after that, I was like, I'd like to play in front of, you know, passionate fans and a lot a big fan base get to play UNC and NC State every year it's, it was it was fun no question about it uh, the fan base so you're talking about the fan base I, I just can't imagine the guys this year having to play without fans uh, what, what was your experience of the fans it was incredible I mean the first I, I mean the first game when they're when y'all are out in the jungle and calling somebody's name, they do a lamp. I first thought I was like, they do a Lambo leap. I told my dad, I was like, they do a Lambo leap in the outfield after. <laughs> and I was like, that those are passionate fans. And I was like, just the fan interaction with anyone is they're they're passionate about their pirate baseball, and it's it's just awesome to be a part of. Hey, Bubba, when you say that the uh, as far as the jungle, that that's where everybody wants to be out there in outfield, right, Bubba? I guess he stepped away for a second, but are you there, Bubba? I was going to say that for the jungle people, I just love the guys with the megaphones and uh, that we've had on. We got to get them back on, but uh, the show they were fantastic. But just the, those guys, uh, men and women that are out there, are just incredible. I would hate. I tell you one thing. I'm so glad to be a part of Pirate Nation, to be a part of Pirate Media. I'm so glad I'm not the opposition. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, I couldn't play left field here if I was on their way team. <laughs> I couldn't do it. They they get, they get some dirt on you. They 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 look you up. And they they just do not. They're relentless. I mean, they are. You know, I remember a lot of coaches. They get really mad about it, and I'm like, well, what are they supposed to do? This is not like golf or tennis, right? I mean, they don't have to be. Why they don't have to be quiet? I mean, exactly. and they're not. I mean, to my knowledge, I can't remember. What's the craziest – do you remember any crazy stories or things that happened with the jungle for any of the players that come to mind? No, I remember they did heckle one kid. I, I, our left – their left fielder from – it may have been Memphis, uh, possibly. Okay. Uh, that They were just in his ear heckling him. And then a, a routine pop-up went to him in the left field, and he just – misplayed it and they just let him have it oh, oh. <laughs> and it was it was i mean after you know you see that you're like that's home field advantage like that's a routine pop-up and they're just laying into them 
no question. They're definitely the. I would say, wouldn't you say they're the tenth man? I mean, they're the. Oh, definitely. I, I told Coach Godwin when I was done playing, I was like, I need to come back. I want to. I want to come back and you know see a game, but I'm going to be in the jungle. I got to go hang out in the jungle with those guys. <laughs> they have a lot of fun. <laughs> and I tell you what's great about our fan base. Hey, Bubba, I was saying to you that the very fact about the jungle that. That's where fans want to be. I mean, when you're out there, the people are relentless. On that, we were just talking about that, how relentless the fans are with the uh, the opposition with the players, especially the left field. Yeah, no doubt. Going back to the days at Harrington Field, um, that was my first exposure to East Carolina baseball in, I guess, late '80s, early '90s, and um, it certainly changed, but still a very hostile environment. E even though the environment itself has changed, with, with not having the uh, the tall white pines that you had back in those days up until, I guess, um, shoot, I guess, what, 2004 um, was yeah. last year last year at Harrington Field. But, yeah, Reed, um, I heard you talking about the, the Lambo leap, as you called it. And uh, yeah. that's, what My, that's what I was saying. So some people call it a jungle jump, and then some people call it the McClear leap. But, uh, no, whatever the case, it's a tremendous tradition. Yeah, well, my brother-in-law is a huge Packers fan, so you know we were always watching Packers games, and and, and you know, so when that happened, my dad was like, "That's going to Lambo leap." I was like, "Yeah, it's the the jungle jump." And then, <laughs> like, yeah, some passionate fans. I said, "I know, it's awesome." Reed, do you remember the first game that you pitched at Clark LeClaire? I do. It was against James Madison, I came in, it was raining and it was like 30 degrees. Oh. <laughs> it was miserable. Kind of like now for us here in North Carolina, my goodness. Yeah. It Thursday has been nasty. It was, it was tough. It was tough. What about, uh, so yeah, that was at the, um, obviously we're pretty superior with our talent. Was it the, just the weather that really got to you when you're trying to pitch and then it's yeah. cold raining? I mean, it's got to be hard on the arm too, right? Well, I think it was on a Sunday, maybe it was the last or Saturday possibly. Okay. And, um, I wasn't hitting. So I was sitting in the dugout for like seven innings and then I went in in the eighth to go warm up. So I'm just sitting in there freezing. And then finally going to a game, so that was that made it a little tougher. If I was playing and running around, you know, warmed up, but it was hard. It was just tough to get warm. What was it like to? I know you talked about you fell in love with East Carolina. What about Greenville? What makes Greenville so special? It reminds me. I mean, the town itself is all about you know, it's little smaller than because I'm around like Gainesville area and I always grew up going to Gator games and stuff and it was a lot smaller than that it had a kind of a small town feel somewhat but they're just all about East Carolina you know when it's whether it's you know football baseball basketball anything they're they're passionate about it and that, and just the school in general Absolutely. I'm a graduate of, uh, of East Carolina and uh, just a great, great feeling that put on the purple and gold, even as a fan alum, you know, member of the media, the fact that purple, that purple and gold, how special was it for you? Did you notice a difference when you put that, that uniform on? I mean, the fans just it's, eat that stuff up, man. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely. I was always passionate about what about baseball and everything, and then when you know these, you know, all these fans are so passionate about their sports and just you know being a fan. And so when I'm, you know, when I graduate and I'm done, I'm I'm just as passionate. I I'm you know I'm wearing purple and gold every, watching all the football games on ESPN three if they're not on you know, on televised here. So, and actually I, I was wearing, I was decked out in purple and gold when uh, I think it was 2015 or 2016 when East Carolina played the Gators in Florida at the swamp. Oh, 15. Yeah. The yeah, fall of 15, 15. September yeah, 15. Yeah, so my wife was uh, uh, going to school at UF. Uh Oh, and I, I was decked out in purple and gold sitting in the Florida student section with her. <laughs> how, how did that go, Reed? <laughs> Not good, but <laughs> but I had we, fun. We put, we came pretty dang close. I'll tell you what, that uh, that drive with Blake Camp there, when it was, what, at the 20-yard line when he fumbles that ball, my God, we were so close. I mean, I was going – all my family was all asleep at the time, and I'm going nuts. I wanted to scream and everything, and I couldn't because my wife and kids were – were asleep at the time and I was like oh my god of all times for them to be asleep and I'll wake up the whole house and yeah. I was just like cheering like going ah. <laughs> be loud and I couldn't but I uh, we did that I was just so I devastated was bored, I was cheering and I was the only one in student section cheering and <laughs> they didn't like it but I hey Reed talk about cheering in the student section or I, I should have said speaking of cheering in the student section in 2014 were you one of the ones chanting we want 70 when, 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 when we hung when we hung seventy on the Tar Heels in two, in twenty fourteen, I said, "Were you one, were you one of those students chanting we want 70? Oh yeah, yeah, I was <laughs> seventy. Yeah, definitely. And guys, bear with me. Um, I, it seemed like Reed, you're having an issue hearing me. It, it could be my the, internet. It's a the, little. The, slow. the lightning knocked my internet out, so that's the reason I had to had to leave again, and. Uh, and so uh, ho hopefully I'm here now and that I'm all mobile data, but a, a bad thunderstorm coming through here. Yeah, we got one coming through here too. So if you lose me, that that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're talking about Greenville where there are certain spots around Greenville. Uh, we, we obviously know the, uh, the co-eds were very nice, uh, beautiful women in Greenville and East Carolina, but uh, nice scenery, if you will. I'm sorry, forgive me for that, but uh, what about as far as were there places you like to eat, uh, party? I know you can you can tell us now, yeah. right? I mean, it's yeah, Sup Dogs was my favorite. That was the best place, and now they've got the rooftop and all. I mean, the nice. I mean, it looks a lot nicer than when I was there, but it's still awesome place. And then, uh, what was the Mexican restaurant right there? Chico's. Chico's, yes, went to Chico's quite a bit. And then we ordered wings over a lot, a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> always had that. Yeah, they, they they have some of the best wings in in uh, town, no doubt about it. If they want to be a sponsor, they can. I can definitely tell you, I won't be lying. They're they're really really. That's one of my advices is uh, chicken wings for sure, blue cheese dressing. I know that's not good for my doctor watching right now, um, but <laughs> that's another show they say. But let's get back to baseball before I get in more trouble. Uh, you're talking about uh, your first bat. I mean, first at bat. You were talking about your first uh, pitch. Well, we could ask you a question. What about? Do you remember your first at bat at Clark LeClaire? 
it was that Friday game against James Madison. Yeah, it was a uh, base hit and uh, to right field. Cool. And then, I, and then I think after that, that was my first hit, or <laughs> that was my only hit in my next like twenty at bats. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so you started out with a bang, and then a little bit of a yeah, slump, and you yeah, got it back. Right? Base hit, and then that was it. Yeah, for for at least for that year, and then when Cliff came, it was it was different. What made it What made it different? He's he's. I mean, he was such a great hitting coach. I mean, he he changed the everything, the culture about all our hitting. I mean, just the culture in general for all of the program. So I guess no nonsense. Um, the the no, guy's competitor. Yeah, well, well, you know, Coach Billy was same thing. No nonsense or anything like that. But Cliff came in and was like, "If you don't hit home runs and doubles, you don't find my lineup." And we were like, "Hmm, that all right?" He's, I want home runs. I was like, "All right, this sounds awesome." And he's like, "Do you want to hit again?" Because I didn't hit much in fourteen. And he's like, "You want to hit again?" I was like. Yeah, he goes, all right. I said, let me hit. And he's like, batting practice, he's like, I just want to see some home runs. And I was like, this is the guy you want to play for. <laughs> and he's an unbelievable hitting coach, so he's going to teach you, you know, how to do that, how to hit home runs, how to hit extra base hits, how to drive the ball. And and he did. And, I mean, he, I mean, we put up a lot better numbers than we did the year before with – losing some pretty good hitters like, you know, Zach Houchins and Drew Reynolds and those guys that could really hit. But, you know, just having Cliff Godwin come and change the culture and, you know, just change everything. And I mean, it was, it was I think I credit it to that, why we had such a successful season. As far as the, you were talking about the culture is concerned uh, with, uh, with Cliff coming in. Did it make a difference uh, having a new coach? We love Billy Godwin. Uh, he's obviously a friend of the podcast, too. So it's not like we're comparing one Godwin to another, one coach to another. I, and that's not fair to you. Um, but as far as the culture, when you're talking about the culture, sometimes, and I'm not anti-Billy, like I said, I want to make that clear, but sometimes the coaching yeah, change is good. I, I like Billy Godwin. He was a great guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. But the sometimes the coaching change kind of like shakes things up in a way that it can go. It can go one or two ways, right? It can go really well or not so well, and look like the, from the difference that I saw when you guys had Cliff for the first year, um, things looked like that it went well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a player's coach. He's he's gonna do what's best for you, and you know he's gonna get you what you want. And like you know, as long as you give it your all and do whatever you know he asks of you, then that's what's gonna happen. I know when he came in, we had the Easton gloves and Easton Dill, and he called Easton and was like, hey, we we don't have, you know, customized gloves and customized this. He's like, if we don't have that, we're switching to Rollins. And we're like, everyone's like, this is awesome. We're going to get new stuff. We're going to get cool, cool stuff and all this. And, and then coming in and, you know, telling us, hey, we're hitting home runs this year. We're going to have the best – we're going to put up the most home runs in the country and all this. And it just got everyone all jacked up that, all right, well, 
this is awesome. This is who we want to play for. But, but no, it, but also nothing to Billy Godwin. I mean, I love Billy Godwin. He was a great coach. He was an awesome guy. Yeah, like you're saying, Reed, you know, sometimes it's just time for a change, but obviously Billy did a tremendous job. Otherwise, uh, with the expectations of East Carolina baseball, he wouldn't have been there for nine seasons uh, like he was from 2006 to 2014. But um, what you just mentioned as far as Cliff, uh, one of the things that he said prior to that 2015 season, I remember an interview, I want to say it was with Pirate Radio, and he said one of the things um, – or maybe Troy Dreyfus asked him, he said, hey, what are some of the things you want to bring back to East Carolina baseball? And, and Coach kind of you know, laughed to himself for a moment. He said, how about the home run? Yeah. And uh, it was just funny. It was one of those things, if you heard how Cliff Godwin said it, uh, it, it, uh, it doesn't sound that funny, but my dad and I just looked at each other and said, hey, we're about to have some fun. Yeah, and that's what we said too, right? When he was like, "Hey, you're not gonna see my lineup unless you hit home runs," and you know, everyone gets in the box and swings, <laughs> swings out their shoes, ready right? trying to hit a five-run home run or something, and they, you know, and that he loves it. He's like, he even told us, he said, "If you're late on a three-one fastball, I'll pull you out the lineup." I was like, "Wow, well, all right, don't <laughs> like, be late." Uh, no doubt. What about as far as uh, one thing I'm really happy with Cliff that I love about his game is the very fact he's very aggressive on the bases with uh, stealing bases, hitting runs, the, uh, having, you know, a bunch singles. I mean, you name it. Any way to get on the own base percentage has got to be much better uh, as far as Cliff Godwin because that's one thing that's really cool about him. You um, expect unexpected, I think, with Cliff Godwin is the best way to describe yeah. him as a coach, yeah. which I really love. That's a good way to put it. Expect the unexpected. Uh, did you have – is there any, like, uh, as far as the players are concerned, your teammates, are any funny stories you can tell? I mean, we are a podcast, but is there – I know there's st stuff in the clubhouse. you got to leave in the clubhouse, but is there <laughs> – well, <yeah. laughs> any funny yeah. stories behind the scenes you can share? I can't really remember anything in particular off the top of my head. Um. No, I can't. Honestly, I can't think of anything right now. If something were to be, probably when we get off right now, I'm going to think of something and and it'll pop up and I'll be like, dang, I should have told him this. Hey, but Bubba, I, he's protecting the guilty, Bubba. He's protecting the guilty. <laughs> yeah. Hey, now, Reed, I, I know, um, like Dave said, I know a lot of these have to be left untold, but uh, with Charlie Jorgen, there's bound to be something with Charlie. Charlie, I can't. no, I can't really think of anything. Not off the top of my head. I know he's, hey, hey. he's one of my favorite guys. But. One of the one, one of the things that I remember about Charlie, um, I think it was maybe when Coach Godwin got tossed against St. John's. I think this was this was after you were gone. This may have been 2017, and I just remember Charlie. You know, he played with so much emotion. But yeah. uh, I, I remember, I remember Charlie at some point. Uh, some people online had run their mouths and said said something that was very stupid, and then Charlie was referring to him as keyboard that. heroes. Yeah, keyboard heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can hear that from. I can see that from Charlie. Well, especially yeah. Reed when you guys like that, that happened. Uh, 
think it was against UCF because Coach Godwin used to coach at UCF in years past, and I think uh, somebody came in and hit Travis. It was in 2015, and uh, I don't know if they, like, accidentally, like, you know, they just didn't slide and ran him over or didn't mean to or what, but Coach came out after they called him out on – for not sliding or something. And Coach Godwin went after their coach and started yelling at him. He didn't get tossed, but I remember him going at him. And, I was, and Charlie's right behind him, you know, just, you know, Charlie plays with that emotion too. So, and it was, <laughs> that's when I was like, okay, this guy goes to bat for you. He's all, you know, this is the guy you want to play for. No question. The one thing I know about Cliff, even though I'm not close to him, is the very fact that, He's not going to ask you to do something that he's not willing to do. And he's not going to put you guys out there and like, and then not back you guys up. I mean, I can't, I can never think of a situation where he has and um, really proud to have him as a coach. We're very blessed to have him. I don't think that there's a lot of pirate fans. Sometimes they don't understand. That was one of the things I was mentioning right before when you were talking about Charlie is that um, when Bubba said uh, keyboard heroes, I don't think that people understand how much work you guys put in the staff, uh, everybody behind the scenes. When you look at the coaches, the players, the whole nine yards, can you talk about that? Can you give a, a thumbnail sketch of a day in the life of a player? Because I mean, you're looking at a situation again, Bubba. how many semesters has it been in a row? I mean, it's like a, he's the numbers guys, but well over a three, five GPA, like maybe a three, six. I mean, I, you probably have to add two semesters together for me to get that. For I mean, <laughs> I mean it's just ridiculous how great uh, the, the baseball program, the GPA has been, and to think how much work you put in. And you got these clowns. If you lose one game and you win the series, they're going to be upset because you don't have that. But I was just wondering about uh, if you could tell fans about what you guys had to do as far as, like, you have the study, study hall, you got practice, all that. Yeah, Homework. study hall was – we had study hall in 2014, but it wasn't – if like if you had a certain GPA, you didn't have to go so many hours. But in 2015, there was like you're going to study hall, you get stuff done, then you can go to practice. You know, you get everything done. That's I think that's why the GPA was so, you know, so good is because everyone, you know, was committed to the academic part of it, and and that's a good thing. And But – We'd have 5 a.m. lifts and then go to class, go to study hall, and then you have your individual work before practice or something, and then you're, you know, you're back home, and then you do it all again the next day. But that was typically – that was some most of the days. Not every day was a 5 a.m. If you missed class, then that was another – then you had an extra 5 a.m. where you're on the Stairmaster for a couple hours. I was going to ask, you don't have to tell the name. You can definitely protect the guilty, but do you know any crazy stories of people missing practice or what their punishment was? You don't have to tell us who they are or the coach or anything. I remember somebody getting in trouble at a football game. Can't say any names. (laughs) Please don't do that. Getting in trouble at the football game, and the next day at practice, we had the 45 – we didn't practice. We had the 45-pound vests on, and we ran the stadium twice, the football oh, stadium. Oh. <laughs> and then we thought we were done. We finally finished. You know, everyone's – a couple guys are throwing up. 
but I think Coach Godwin wanted everyone to throw up. And he said, all right, we're going to the practice football field and we're going to do log rolls. And we did 200-yard oh. log roll until everyone was so dizzy where everyone's, you know, we're like, he's like, we're not leaving until everyone throws up. And I'm like trying to make myself just so we can go home. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, Bubba, have you ever done that before? What, thrown up because of the workout, or, just, or are you talking about the log rolls? The log rolls. I, I have, but not much, and that's that's something I have done it um, as a player, but then I've I've used it as a coach more than I had to do it as a player. And, you know, I made it more up they weren't hard at all so the 200 yards were like all right we can do that but he didn't want us to take a break he wanted us to get dizzy so that we felt sick <laughs> and I was, like, I was like man this is this is not they're not difficult but they just mess with your head like, yeah, I, I bet that there was no more uh, making mistakes at the football game, right? Oh, no, 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 no. And we gave it to that kid. We we, we got on to him. <laughs> no fist fights there, right? No, <laughs> like, no. I kill you. Oh, man, that's uh, that's tough. But I'll tell you one thing. It builds uh, camaraderie, I would think, and character. And the grit and the grind and the, I mean, you know, you want to talk about being passionate and then you think about just talking about a situation with, uh, with Charlie, the player, and then being run over, whatever coach coming out, um, the, the players are going to, you know, that very thing, like you were talking about, they're going to like literally go to bat for coach because they know like you were talking about. And then the fact for the individual players, I can't imagine like, you know, it's almost like a band of brothers, right? I mean, you, you have where, kids are you know you guys are very close i mean when you work when you work like you guys i know on the outside what kind of what y'all are doing i have no idea i'm not inside the program i i can't imagine uh, you're always going to take up for another player right oh yeah yeah definitely and and i mean and you spend so much time together i mean with like 5 a.m lifts in class which you have some classes with some of your teammates and then you have you know, practice and then you hit in the cage individual work if you want to get some extra work in and, you know, you're spending all these time with your teammates. So you, you build that brotherhood and, it, and you get close. And it's And then coach sees that and, you know, and he, he knows that. And it's, you know, it's a good it's a good thing. It builds a good culture. Question for you, Reed. What was the hardest since we're on academics? What's the hardest? You're a smart dude, I can tell. What's the hardest class you had at East Carolina? I can tell you what mine is. Not I, I, I did not have very many hard classes. Okay. It wasn't like Charlie. I didn't take those hard classes and then still come out with a, you know, four point GPA. But, <laughs> but I, uh, I, I, I think the hardest wasn't necessarily you know hard, but it was hard for me because. I'm not good with public speaking. I had a speech class. Yeah, that's tough. All right, we're in a little bit of a 
We lost him a little bit. I know there's a storm that's uh, going through. We got you back now, Reed. All right, there we go. We lost you for a second there. What? Uh, so a speech yeah, uh, was, was really hard for you? Yeah, just because well, cool. I, I don't like talking. I mean, you know, it. it's different if I have, like, no, having something I know that I, I know about. But to give me a topic on, like, history or something and have me give a speech about it is going to be, you know, that makes me real nervous. And I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> I took it for granted because I have a theater background, you know, performing sports, not at your level, but, you know, that any kind of performance is something that I usually do well. Um, I did okay in that class, but I could have done a lot better. I took it for granted. I thought it was going to be easy. I had the reverse. I thought it was going to be easy, and I took it for granted, you know, because – I am used to being in front of people, but it's not a performance. It's a speech. There's anyway, we're not going to get off on that. And just stats was my heart. Statistics. I have a rule. If you can't pronounce yeah. the class, you should not take the class. If you can't spell it, if you can't pronounce it, please don't take the class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I took stats in junior college. It was tough, but I, I did it. And I'm glad I got it done. And it oh, my God. East Carolina, because I know if I did it there, I would have probably failed it. It's really rough. It's really rough. <laughs> um, my dad always said us, uh, college is an art. Uh, there's an art to go to college about who, what professors to take, which ones not to take. There's some professors you know you can get A's. There's some pro professors you're going to be praying to get a C in. Please don't take those professors. <laughs> yeah, tell me that. Yeah, anyway. tougher than others, you know. Some are tougher than others. Yeah, let's talk again about baseball, about uh, what, uh, as far as the 15 season. Uh, my memory serves me right. You guys went, was it the Miami Regional? Was that the one you went in 15? Yeah, that was the Miami Regional. And you win the uh, – was it? Was that where you you won – I'm sure years of running together. Is that where we you won, won the, the – Yeah. We won the, the uh, AAC tournament. And uh, I don't know where we finished in the regular season. I'm not too sure, but I know we, we won the tournament. Yeah, okay. And then you go down to um, to, to Miami to that regional um, 15 and um, – and then that was uh, that was to me where th that benchmark of winning that conference championship was huge. That tournament was um, big time for this program and the shot in the arm and the regional and uh, and then led to the next year, which was incredible to be 90 feet away a few times from uh, Omaha. But that's a whole other again. Yeah. Show. Bubba, Bubba, are you back? I am. Um, All right. Again, I apologize. Read and with the That's storm right. coming through, yeah, but uh, glad, glad now. But I could see you guys were talking about the 2015 season and what we had through the AAC tournament down in Clearwater. The preparation with the mission week and so forth, and you know, you know um, that year, I mean, you had the 35-man roster. We were down at least like five guys, maybe like seven or eight. So that, so those 27, 28 guys, whatever we had active, you, you know, you you had yourself that was a a two-way guy, but then you also had Luke Volka. Just talk about how it was all hands on deck and guys really stepped up. Yeah, I mean, just like at the the Clearwater tournament, you know, Luke Volka hasn't hit and. I don't know, a, a few games come in for a pinch hit here or there, and Coach Godwin sees him hitting in the cage, and he's just hitting missiles, and he's like, all right, we're going to put him at DH. And then he hits a home run that game, and it's, you know, that's 
that's just great coaching. And then, you know, at first we're like, all right, well, who's, whose place is he taking? It's like, have they, did they do bad? Like we weren't sure what was going on. And then Volker comes up, hits a home run and you're like, you know what? That's all right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Next, all next thing y'all knew it was, um, it was rolling off the Tiki hut and, yeah. and then y'all were, y'all were at the plate <laughs> high five and Luke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, like, we didn't care. We didn't care who was in there. Whoever was in there, you know, was going to perform. So, you know, it really didn't all, like you said, all hands on deck. I mean, everybody, you know, when Bolka gets in there, gets his chance, he d- makes things happen. I remember, uh, what was it? I think Kirk came in as a pinch hit. I don't know if he came in or came in in the seventh and then came around and got the walk-off hit against NC State during the regular season. And, you know, it was all hands on deck. I mean, whoever came up, they stepped up and did their did their job. Uh, Reed, as far as uh, that season goes with the tournament in Clearwater, what in the world? I mean, what is that like to play in Clearwater? Do you like the fact that, I mean, you're a, that's not too far away. I remember my best friend, he actually graduated from college. Uh, he went to U of F, uh, from East Carolina, goes to U of F. His parents were living in Florida at the time um, in Jacksonville, and he went to uh, Florida Law School. So I got a chance to spend some time in Jacksonville, St. Augs, Gainesville. I went on spring break in 95. But anyway, uh, what's it like in Clearwater for that tournament? It's got to be for you being a Floridian. you got to be happy with having that tournament. Great walk. I mean, that's a great, beautiful area. It is. It's pretty over there. And I, I enjoyed it because, you know, being from Florida, and I, I'm not by maybe two hours from there. Yeah. So I had, I had some family come, and it was nice to see them because – you know, my parents traveled to every game every weekend up there to East Carolina, but, you know, the rest of the family's not going to be able to do that. So my friends aren't going to be able to do that. But having it in Clearwater, they were able to, you know, come to the games. Did you feel more pressure or did you feel more comfortable playing in front of your so many family and friends being that close away? Sometimes I could argue both ways, well, that would be good, or maybe you try to do too much or does it matter? either way no i'm not really because in the moment in the game i'm not really i don't know who's in the stands you know right. i don't really, i'm not really focused on that i'm just right. especially if i'm pitching i you know if i'm hitting or something i'm sitting in the dugout and i look up and i can see who's you know who's up there but when i'm pitching it's a different mindset you gotta just kind of lock it in i can relate to that even with uh hey bubba being on stage, if you were into your character, so zoned in to your character, it's the same way performing in sports. If you start focusing, oh, my God, there's my grandma, there's my grandpa, and I look around and I see my family, so I'm focused in, um, I'm probably not going to do it as well. I've got to take the eyes off the problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, you kind of, if you lose, lose focus, kind of. And I didn't want to do that, especially pitching and especially in the magnitude of that. You know, I don't definitely don't want to lose focus on that. And, Reed, I know you still follow the program very closely. You obviously had Alec Burleson um, getting drafted in the supplemental part of the second round last year. Tremendous two player. Rear Giles and so on. Um, just talk about the challenge of, of you know, performing in both roles. 
And, uh, and you know, not only were you a starter, you, you would pitch a significant amount in relief as well. So talk about the challenge of um, of going back and forth between roles and not, not taking whatever happened at the plate to the mound, et cetera. That, that was kind of the uh, – I mean, like you said, that's kind of the – what you what you don't want to do and i and i did that at times i was in a, i you know wore my emotions on my sleeve i was an emotional player passionate hurt player and that's what you kind of can't do but once you go out there on the mound you kind of got to just let everything go and you know if you go out take the field that at bat's gone everything's gone it's i mean for me and I'm sure Alex is the same thing, but, uh, you know, when you have a coach like coach Godwin, you're, you know, if he asked me to play third base, I would probably play third base, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, if he's like, Hey, I need you to pitch in relief or, Hey, I need you to start. Hey, I'm going to play you in center field. Yes, sir. Sure thing. And, you know, you know, you whenever you're out on the field, and like we said, you know, next guy up, you you want to perform, you want you want to do well, you don't want to let your team down. So it doesn't matter what what role you're in or what you're doing, you want to you want to perform. And you talk about those different roles in that um, 2015 season. Uh, you made 22 appearances. Play was approaching that you consistently uh, started uh, starting ball games uh, as opposed to the relief role. Just talk about that, and you know, and going back and look at some of those numbers in preparation for this interview in league play. I think you went six and a third in in every conference game, and there were a couple where you went the distance. And the one that stood out was the complete game shutout against Tulane, where you surrendered just four hits, struck out six, and didn't walk a batter. So, is that a game that you really remember? Yeah, I, re- I remember that. I remember that series too. Uh, I didn't have many home runs, but I don't know. I had one then. I remember that one, but uh, and uh, they, but. Um, yeah, I remember the ones that, you know, you pitch well in, like that one. And I just remember I always I always got into it with Coach Godwin when he'd come out to take me out. <laughs> you know, you want to stay in the game. And he's, I'm like, are you serious? And then get on to him. He's like, just go sit down. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's it's – it's – it was – like I said, it was – Whatever he asked me to do, if he wanted me to relieve or, you know, start, I, I I was fine doing whatever. I didn't I didn't care as long as I was able to, you know, pitch and perform and play. So, you know, I didn't really care. Reed, that was one thing that came to mind. I've never really thought about. I probably should have thought about. But Coach Godwin, Cliff Godwin, has an amazing ability not only to pick talent, but he – development that he has in Coach Palumbo now with Coach Dietrich as a pitching coach. We're starting to see that with the pitching, but the very fact that he would say that to you lets me believe, leads me to believe that he had that much confidence in you and the whole team that he's like, all right, I know that Reed's never played third base, but I know he can. And that's really cool to have a coach that not only we talked about goes to bat for you, but also has a confidence in you. You may not even see that you can play third base. The guy already knows you can play third base. 
and you put it on third base and it works out. It's just amazing. I've never thought about that till just now. And, and I would never play for third. I would, you know, play <laughs> third being left-handed, but you know, it's just that's the kind of confidence he had, and and we had confidence in all all of the guys that were in there on the team. I mean, it's sometimes he would throw somebody in, like make a defensive change or just, you know, hours before a game, change the lineup and somebody else is playing, you know, second or first or left field, right field. Like, you know, we don't know, but we know that whoever that is, you know, is going to step up and they're going to, they're going to play. And that's how it was. We had such depth that it didn't matter who played. We, you know, and that goes back to the culture thing. Like he changed everything. And I think, like, I want to say that, I mean, we had a lot of talent on our team, but we had a more successful season than we did in 2014 when I think we had a, a lot of talent in 2014. We had the ninth overall pick pitching on Fridays for us. And, you know, and then you had Zach Houchins, you had Ryan Williams, you had all these guys that they were, you know, all American, like great guys. Drew Reynolds, like, we had a whole lot of talent, but it's just, I mean, just like Cliff coming in and changing, he's like toughness over talent. He changed the culture, you know, next guy come up, step up, do your job and, you know, everything will work out. No question about it. And it did work out for you as uh, I know you got drafted in the 10th round by the Orioles. I uh, know that unfortunately you were just recently released or have you hung up the cleats or are you looking to get on with another club right now? I know I'm putting you on the yeah. spot. So. No, it's fine. I, you know, I, um, I mean, I talked to my agent about it and it's going to be really hard because I, the year because of COVID happening and, you know, not being able to play, but the year before that I had surgery. So I missed that season. So now being out two years, you know, I, I came in the spring training healthy, ready to go, and then they canceled our season. So, you know, it's going to be hard going two years off and not playing and to get a job somewhere. And I understand that. So, you know, I kind of at peace with it. Let's talk about your pro career. Uh, Orioles, a great organization. Uh, how did it, how did you, so how did you, first of all, how did you find out you got drafted? Let's start there. We found on the 23 Jungle Tales and, the guys that have come on for extra innings and come on our uh, regular show with the sports objective that is funny stories about how guys didn't think they were getting drafted. All of a sudden they get a phone call or, you know, the old days where guys in a dorm or the guys in an apartment and Hey, some guy called you and left a voicemail on the answer machine. That's my generation. But how did you find out you were drafted? So I actually was out on, well, I, this isn't when I found out it was a little later in the day. But I was out fishing. Uh, Saunders, Brandon Saunders was in town. He came to visit me down in Florida. So me and him went fishing, and uh, we got back, and we were just hanging out at the house. And then I got a call from a random number in Baltimore. I was like, hmm, all right. I answered it. I was like, hello. And he, he was like, hey, this is, you know, Jim Thrift for the Orioles. He's like, how would you like to be with the Orioles? I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. That'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it didn't really matter what, you know, what 
four because I was a senior. I was like, I just want the opportunity. And, um, you know, and then the rest is history. And I go to tell Saunders and Saunders starts freaking out. And then, <laughs> and the rest is history after that. Yeah, you mentioned the name Brandon Saunders. I think about Brandon Saunders in the dugout with all the shenanigans down in Clearwater. Yeah, he was uh, he was the uh, energy guy in the in the dugout. He was all about the energy, and he always did the pregame speeches before before the games. It was uh, <laughs> it was it's pretty funny. Do you remember any of those speeches? Anything that you can share with us? It was it was always he would impersonate Elliot Avent. <laughs> and I can't remember the exact speeches, but they were they were they were from his time at NC State when some of the stories he heard. So he would he'd always make us laugh right before we'd go out there and it was it was always funny. We'll have to see if, hey, Bubba, next time Coach Avent comes on, we'll have to see if he can give us a pregame speech, and then we'll have that on the sports objective. I think that will be pretty funny. Yeah, it sounds good. And there's definitely some memorable moments down through the years uh, when the Pirates and Wolfpack have gotten together. Yeah. You, you need Saunders on here to do a uh, – get, get him to do a speech for yeah. you. And maybe we can get him to come on, and then we'll – we could play some uh, some of it for Elliot Avent to see if, how, how good the uh, Coach Avent impersonation is. Yeah, if, it, if, it, if it's right. <laughs> yeah, connect, it, connect us with Brandon, and we'll, we'll make it. We'll make it happen. All right, I'll let him know. <laughs> no doubt about it. So, Reed, as far as your time, I know you said unfortunately you didn't play because of an injury. You have COVID two years. Uh, what about now? What are you uh, working on now? I know you're in, uh, living in Florida. You're married. Yeah, we actually just moved. So I'm, you know, job searching around here in Live Oak, if you're familiar with that around here, around Tallahassee area. Okay. And, I know uh, Tallahassee. So we're, we moved out here uh, from Gainesville, which I'm still working in Gainesville. I just got to drive an hour and a half. But, uh, yeah, and so I got to find something a little closer. <laughs> It sounds like me. I moved back home to Williamston and I was working in Raleigh and radio and I was driving back and forth, leaving at the house at 3 a.m., getting to the station by 430 in the morning. Uh, at least it was good for the fact that I could beat that Raleigh traffic, man. It's really, really bad. Um, as far as uh, your future, do you have ideas of stuff that, you know, I know you see looking for that, but is there something that you've always wanted to do before we let you go? Yeah, I, I, you know, I thought about coaching and doing something with that, but, uh, you know, I, I know it's tough. It's a, it's a lot of commitment, which I would enjoy. I mean, that's just something I would enjoy no matter what. And I, you know, I thought about it, but I want to have time for my family that, you know, when me and my wife start having kids that, you know, I can be here all the time, you know, find a different job, which I don't know what I want to do yet. <laughs> I got a degree in communications with such a broad degree that, you know, I'm not really sure what, you know, I thought about teaching and then just coaching high school, which is, you know, not as much as a commitment as coaching college and, you know, where you're recruiting all the time and 
you know, if you want to be good, you got to recruit all the time. So you're not really home very often. So no question about it. And uh, definitely, and it sounds like uh, coaching is in your blood. And I'm sure if it's little league, high school, American Legion, whatever it is, that uh, you'll do a great job. And uh, definitely, how can fans, before we let you go, how can fans uh, keep up with you, stay connected? And uh, we have a lot of passionate people in Pirate Nation that love their their Pirates, whether it's current Pirate players or former Pirate players. Yeah, well, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know, Everywhere. I don't, I don't post a whole lot. I just like to have it just to see what everyone else is doing. A lot of big posters, so. I'm, I'm with you there. I don't, I don't have the time, like. Uh, probably that may be a good thing. Uh, I don't post some of the stuff that I probably want to post. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate everything you did for the Pirates. It means uh, a lot. I don't think you guys know how much uh, that you're loved. And that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast is to give the love to former players. And obviously, it gives us a platform to promote current uh, Pirate players and current seasons and all that. But thank you so much for your time at East Carolina. And I know on behalf of Pirate Nation, you and uh, definitely love to have you back at a game very soon. Oh yeah, I definitely want to come back. But thank, thanks for having me, guys. This is this was awesome. We had a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Reed, and uh, we'll be in touch with you soon. All right, y'all have a good one. I right, have a good night. Appreciate you, man. Glad to have Reed back on. Certainly with uh, extra innings coming up. Speaking of which, Bubba, extra innings. I would mind to find is next level training center in Greenville. Uh, Trent Brent and and company there want to give them a shout out. And uh, we'll have our an extra innings uh, first show on Sunday night. So we'll be talking about that. But I want to remind folks that 23 Jungle Tales is brought to you by PGXGloves.com. I want to thank uh, Mark Minikazi. Mark is uh, fantastic. He's been so good to this program. And, of course, he was great to the Pirate program back in the day under Randy uh, Maisie. And uh, certainly at third base. And now he's uh, it's Pirates supporting Pirates. We're supporting him. He's supporting us. And uh, Bubba, what a great uh, man! Testament to a pirate supporting pirates with with uh, Mark Minikazi with his great uh, PGXGloves.com. Yeah, Kaz does an excellent job with PGXGloves.com. Definitely go there and check it out. Uh, I know he said he's had a few orders come in here in the last few days with the ECU promo code twenty five percent off. So definitely check that out. Uh, as you up. see. So- Scrolling across the bottom of the screen right now, uh, use that promo code ECU in all caps to get 25% off anything on pgxgloves.com. And uh, they're also, I'm not going to break the news um, because I don't know if Kaz wants me to go public with this, but some some huge news for Mark Minikazi that we'll be talking about here in the next few days. All right, and uh, certainly – And this is actually – this is not related to pgxgloves.com. That business is doing well, but this is something else. All right. We'll find out in the next few days. But, again, fans listening, uh, make sure that you go uh, – when you go to pgxgloves.com, use promo code capital ECU. Make sure ECU is in all caps, and you get 25% off your order at checkout. And that includes all items. So it's not just a select few items. No, it's for everything. Please do that. And uh, we appreciate his support of the program. All right, Bob, before we go, we've got a big show tomorrow night, right? Yeah, no doubt, Dave. Um, So, you know, tomorrow night we'll be catching up with East Carolina or former East Carolina basketball coach, Mac McCarthy. 
and Coach then um, yep, um, we'll have we'll have Coach Mack tomorrow night, and um, in addition to that, uh, I'm draw I'm drawing a blank. Uh, with another basketball, uh, another basketball person will come to me in just a second. Um, that you wanted to have on there with uh, Coach Mack. And uh, anyway, we'll have Coach Mac McCarthy, and uh, we'll definitely um, – we won't waste anybody's time uh, here tonight. But just join in. It'll be a special surprise for you tomorrow night, and that'll be right here on, on Facebook Live. We have on Twitter and, of course, on you, our YouTube channel. Yeah, and assuming nobody um, – it, it's Bob Rathbun was the guest that I – That's right. Bob, I apologize that I couldn't think of. It's been a long day. And that storm coming through Amen. here. Amen. Some bad lightning uh, drew a blank, but um, yeah, hope, hopefully Bob will still be able to come on. If if not, we'll have fun with Coach Mack uh, talking college basketball, uh, East Carolina, and otherwise as March Madness is quickly approaching. And by the way, uh, Duke fans are going to be upset because Jalen Johnson has opted out for the rest of the season uh, to get ready for the NBA draft. So that's breaking news. Just uh, broke about 15, 20 minutes ago. Uh, so we'll talk to Coach Mack about that and uh, this crazy COVID season. Is it smart to continue to play or should you opt out as Jalen Johnson did? So we'll um, we'll talk to him about that and many more things about March Madness. And will be more March Madness about COVID than it will be the ball games. We'll find out about that and so much more tonight. Thanks uh, very much to Reed Love. We appreciate him. And we appreciate, uh, obviously, everybody watching and listening the 23 Jungle Tales. It's right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates. You've been listening to 23 Jungle Tales on the Sports Objective, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates. All of these interviews and our other content can be seen on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. The audio can be heard anywhere you listen to our show, including but not limited to Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media on Twitter at TheSportsOBJ, on Instagram at The Sports Objective. Like and follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. Go Pirates!